Welcome to Five Shot Weekly. The MLS's back schedule has finally been revealed, and two LA United players have tested positive for COVID-19. Also, Tanner reveals a brand new quiz show coming up in the third segment. All that and more coming up. Welcome to the show, Five Shot Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Tanner Remark. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu. To go, check out Thinking Man Tavern. Follow our Twitch for new streams and surprises on Tuesdays and Thursdays starting at 9 p.m. on twitch.tv slash ATLUCDFanTV. So let's get into the news. And as I said at the top of the show, yes, the MLS is back schedule has been revealed. And we find out that, yes, July 11th is our first fixture date against the New York Red Bulls. Uh, that's at 8 p.m. on Fox. Then our next one is July 16th, five days later, against Cincinnati at a brisk 9 a.m. Uh, on ESPN. And then the third match will be July 21st, also five days later, against Columbus at 8 p.m. So it looks like we have a good variance of that. Uh, and it also seems that they've kind of reformatted uh, the the whole thing a little bit in terms of Group A. Yeah, the uh, fourth place team will possibly be able to get the, that chance to, uh, you know, kind of uh, advance if they are doing well enough. And then uh, the rest of it will be the best of the third place teams. And so, uh, yeah, there's still a lot of spots, it seems like, then, you know, to move forward in the tournament. So really for us, maybe it's not uh, not not to screw it up, right, guys? I mean, I think Atlanta will be okay. You probably just have to get, what, three, four points, and you'll be good to go to get the top two spots. Because the top two spots from the group go, right? Yes. Indeed. Yeah, so we'll be fine. I think we'll be fine. Even without Joseph, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, uh, besides Joseph, um, you know, everybody else should theoretically be healthy. We'll get to that other news uh, in a bit. But, um, yeah, so... Yeah, we still need players to put the ball in the back of the net, of course. But, uh, yeah, in terms of the schedule, you know, is there anything that kind of glares out at you as anything more difficult than anything else? Mark? No, I mean, I think uh, it's interesting. Well, really, it's expected that they would showcase the Red Bulls match. And so, of course, our first match is against Red Bulls. It's on Saturday night. You know, it's on Fox. I think Big Fox. So. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I'm, I guess it'll be interesting. That'll be an interesting first test. I think uh, in terms of how LA United will approach this, you have Cincinnati next, which is probably the weakest team in the group. So if you can manage a draw versus Red Bulls and get the win versus Cincy, you're probably in a pretty good spot. So I think, uh, yeah, I think you know, especially having not played in so long, um, you know, we can't really expect them to come firing out of the blocks in terms of like good football. So I think uh, that first match in particular, it'll almost be like a preseason approach where, you know, obviously you put in the, the miles uh, in terms of running. And then, you know, you kind of hope that you can have enough quality to scrape a goal or two and uh, at least earn a point out of it. So I think that's that's I think in terms of expectations, that's probably what I expect. 
Yeah. And so, uh, you know, today on uh, June 24th, uh, the first team has arrived in Florida in the San Jose earthquakes. And uh, with that, I mean, you know, it sets forth the two weeks that uh, the preparation going into the first match on July 8th for uh, many of the other teams. But uh, for LA United, yeah, we get to probably, you know, kind of delay our arrival to COVID-infested Florida for a little bit of time. Uh, that also has been a thing of contention uh, before the start of this uh, MLS is back tournament. Especially, yeah, cases keep rising every single day. Uh, you even have seen the likes of Julian Gressel uh, voice his worry, really, I think, really, uh, I think, warranted worry. Uh, you know, in the, the face of this, what are they going to face down there? Um, yeah, I mean, do you guys feel like it's still kind of viable for them to go down there? Or, uh, you know, has this, uh, you know, COVID-19 kind of uh, rising cases down there uh, maybe scared you off? Tanner? Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, there's a couple arguments here. You have the one argument of, you know, other leagues had players test positive um, before the leagues got back going, and you know the same thing was going to obviously happen here. But I think the other thing is, is the way if you look at how the Bundesliga is handling it, even how for all their flaws, how England's been handling it, um, the, those countries have been doing a little bit better in terms of controlling the outbreak of COVID, and their rates have now decreased, whereas the U.S. is are increasing currently. So that's a concern. Um, I feel like the likelihood of players contracting it while they're there is high. And the problem is, is that if a player contracts it, that's a whole lot of contact tracing you got to do right there. I mean, if they had played in a game, which is possible, you know, despite a test that, that that could happen. And then who do you just quarantine two teams and now they're not playing their games anymore? I don't know. I, I've never liked the tournament in the first place. So I think it just, it, it, there's some very interesting questions that are there to be asked for sure. Yeah. Mark? Um, I think one of my biggest points of contention that I keep coming back to, and we talked about this on the show, AJ, I think you really brought this point up, was that the MLS players don't really have a choice in the same way that other leagues who are resuming play do. I mean, like, in for context of in the U.S., the NWSL, whose tournament is going to start before, is they do have a choice. And some, some big players, some notable players like Megan Rapinoe, have decided not to participate, and there's no penalty for that. Uh, as far as I understand, I mean, I don't think there's been, been any big players in Premier League or any of the big leagues that have decided to opt out. But I think those players would have had the backing of their club. I know N'Golo Khan for Chelsea was talking about it. And the whole the message the whole time from the club was we back him, whatever his decision is. He eventually ended up playing, of course. I just, you know, so I do feel for the players in that regard because they are going to an area where uh, the cases themselves are spiking and really and truly they're they're increasing in a lot of states including Georgia um, and then you know like the other thing is when you're in that bubble you like I've, again I've made this point before you have to trust a lot of people like going back to the NWSL your Orlando Pride had to drop out because essentially a couple of people decided to go to a bar like now think of all the MLS teams players who are in the you know down there like you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. will, will one of them make that make a decision like that and then bring it back to the bubble? Who knows? I mean, I just, if I were a player, I would definitely be concerned. That's all I can say. Right. Because it's also, yeah, they're saying, yeah, there will be plenty of activities for them to do down there and whatnot. But, uh, you know, even if it's in the bubble, 
I mean, all it takes is one person to, and unknowingly, and then there it is, you know, it's, it's spread. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, it, it really has to speak on each culture of each team to make sure that they're, uh, you know, prepared well enough going down there that they will behave essentially. Um, and that's, I mean, we're talking about, uh, somewhat sometimes teenagers and mid twenties and also 30 year olds, obviously, but, um, you know, some, sometimes, you know, I think we've all been a little bit immature in our younger days. So, you know, you never, you never know who you, uh, who you might, uh, you know, encounter somebody, you know, not doing what they, they should be, but, um, anyway, so yes, two weeks from now, they will be, uh, two weeks more or less, uh, they will be down there in Disney, uh, if all goes well. Uh, now in terms of, uh, you know, some people have wanted, uh, maybe lineups from us. Uh, I think maybe we'll kind of talk about them when it's closer to each match, uh, because it's still about a couple weeks away. Um, and there's five days each essentially, um, kind of between these matches. So there'll be plenty of time to prepare. I think we've kind of softly talked about it a little bit. Uh, Tanner has talked about, uh, they're wanting there to be, a, uh, you know, a false nine, uh, Mark, I don't think you've actually, uh, said your thoughts on, you know, a specific lineup, but, um, I think, yeah, it's one of those we'll, we'll eventually, uh, get to it on kind of, uh, subsequent episodes, uh, coming up, but, um, you know, it, it will still, after that, it will still come thick and fast uh, in terms of the schedule. And so, uh, you know, it will still be, you know, I, I expect us to, uh, to you know, advance. And so, you know, we'll still have to really, uh, yeah, re really be on it. But anyway, so uh, moving on from that, uh, yeah, in terms of COVID-19 and, um, you know, positive tests, Alien United, they revealed... Uh, last week that one of them got it and then another player got it uh, and uh, they were quarantined they were um, you know both asymptomatic which is great but uh, still you know the the actual implications of being asymptomatic we still don't know the extent of that and if there are any like long-term repercussions and uh, you know in terms of that but uh, you know in regards to Alien United uh, having two COVID-19 uh, positive tests, like also they have been uh, not revealing who the players are. So, you know, I think that's in lieu of the privacy of each of the players. So that's, yeah, you know, maybe it's like future contract talks and future uh, just anything. If they're known to have COVID-19, will that affect, uh, you know, how much money they can get? Because, Sometimes, yeah, it might be where uh, if they are uh, positive and if they actually show symptoms, you know, will they be able to perform at the highest level that they can? I mean, this could really impact a lot of things. But, uh, you know, what are your guys' thoughts on the, uh, the COVID-19 positive tests? I mean, I, I think that long term, it's hard to speculate if it will have that. I mean, obviously, you have to keep an open mind that there could be long term repercussions. But as of now, you know, nothing has been seen so far. So I think you'll have to wait to see how that develops before, you know, clubs are making decisions on players based upon whether they test positive or not. Otherwise, Paula Dybala is screwed. Um, but I, the thing is, is that I feel like if you get infected during the tournament, that's my thing. Is like, what happens yeah. if someone gets infected during the tournament and they've played in the game or they're around the squad? Like, do you cancel the match? And since these matches are supposed to count for points, what do you do to that team? Like, 
what's going to happen there. And I mean, I don't exactly have the most faith in the world that MLS is going to answer those questions or handle things correctly if issues do arise, I think. That's my big issue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Darren Eels has been saying, though, in uh, kind of... Uh, kind of press conferences over Zoom, saying that uh, these protocols in place is showing that, uh, you know, these practices have been working. Um, yeah, Mark, do you agree? I Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess, you know, if you're regularly testing, there will be positive cases. And, uh, you know, we'll just, it's, uh, as long as the right protocols in, in place, and you hope that, uh, obviously you hope that all the players are asymptomatic, which most, I think, most of these cases seem to be in terms of professional athletes. So, um, yeah, I mean, like hearing about a positive test, of course, is worrying. But then I guess when you take into account the size of the team, um, it kind of makes sense. It's just it's the the risk, the differences between, you know, MLS versus other leagues is where we are in terms of the world. You know what I mean? And so it's, it's just the, that that increases the risk, you know, so. Uh, yeah, we, we just have to place our faith in MLS that they have the right protocols. Right. So. Yeah, but um, and probably a tall order if uh, you're like Tanner and you don't have a lot of faith in uh, our commissioner. So, you know. Did you but, see the uh, Onion headline? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Relief. You can go ahead and say the name. <laughs> so good. Yeah, Don Garber. Don Garber. Um, Don. Yep. But anyway, so. Uh, Moving on from that, there was a transfer rumor uh, with Ezekiel Barco talking with TYC Sports uh, this past week, essentially saying that Serie A side Fiorentina uh, and some league sides have contacted his agent. Now, uh, the seriousness of those talks uh, probably will be remain to be seen, but uh, it likely is a little bit too early for him to uh, move on at the moment, especially in the middle of a pandemic. But, uh, and, you know, also uh, Darren Eels spoke about that rumor saying that, uh, yeah, essentially there, you know, there hasn't been any contact from any of the teams. And so, um, you know, the plausibility of this rumor, I mean, it just sounds like there's just uh, some smoke and uh, Barco probably just wanting to kind of stoke the fire a little bit. But uh, what, what do you guys think about I'm, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, yeah. I'm fine with it, to be honest. We knew it was going to happen at some point in time. I don't think necessarily he's going to be like agitating for a move because he knows the financial situation, and I imagine that was made crystal clear to him. Um, But we know that it's always been his goal to move on, and honestly, with this whole season shortened, if he can put in really good performances in a short time frame to drive the price up, then yeah, you might be able to move move him after the end of the season and and get north of $20 million, and with no buyout clause, I believe, uh, no buyout be associated really with it like it drops down a lot that's a pretty hefty chunk and you have to accept that his value is going to go down a little bit because the market's changed i think because of covid um in terms of financially how much teams can afford to pay um so i think you have to accept that there's a little bit of a price drop but still anything in the 20s with no sell-on clause it's pretty good yeah so it would almost kind of behoove us to wait maybe another transfer window maybe two uh to sell them right what do you think mark yeah, exactly. I think it uh, depends on really how many games MLS uh, can pull off in the fall, in the spring of 2021. But I think uh, the summer of 21 is a realistic time for Barco to move. I think, you know, hopefully the situation here and in Italy and in other places will be more contained and, you know, it'll be uh, less hectic, I guess, if you will. But 
Um, yeah, I think, you know, I think everybody understands kind of what's happening and the real life implications. But I think Summer 21 is, is a realistic time for Barco to target his move to Europe. Yeah. Uh, so moving on from that, another transfer rumor. This uh, one, a report from The Athletic uh, saying that LGP, our good old friend Leandro Gonzalez-Perez, uh, is going to move to Inter Miami. Uh, and that's before the tournament starts in uh, in Orlando. Big yawn by uh, whomever. Uh, no, but... <laughs> oh, big yawn. I'm not bad. But, uh, but, uh, all good. It's fine. It's, it's middle of the afternoon. It happens. It happens. But, um, yeah, and so LGP uh, could join Inter-Miami in the coming weeks, really. It, it pretty much is probably any day now. Uh, now, whatever you thought about, uh, you know, LGP uh, as a fan, I mean, he definitely is one of the top center backs in MLS. Uh, and, you know, obviously he comes with a yellow card. He uh, comes with a little bit of a, a spat with a, a referee here and there. But, uh, yeah, he is, if not anything, very consistent in all of that. But, um, yeah, you know, like in terms of seeing him go to Inter-Miami, a team that we will probably, uh, on a regular, uh, regular season, face him about three times a year, um, you know, is this something that uh, you guys like? I mean, does it make Inter-Miami stronger? What do you guys think? Mark? Yeah, I, def I definitely think it makes them stronger. I'm, well, for one, I'm happy for him. I, you know, I always have love for LGP, and I think he will get more love in MLS than he would get in Liga MX. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely agree. He's one of the best center back, one of the best center backs in the league. And I think for Inter Miami, what they're getting uh, beyond a really good defender is a blue guy. You know, like he's he did that at Atlanta United. It was like at his place where the team would gather and so on off the field, and that that chemistry is important. I think that. If he can have that same kind of type of influence in Inter Miami's locker room, I think that would go to go a long way towards them being, you know, a team that actually competes at the top of the league and not just like another team. Yeah, and it seems like uh, our good old friend uh, Paul McDonough is uh, up to his old tricks again. Where every wherever he goes, pretty much he brings someone and multiple players that he's uh, either brought into that team. And um, yeah, I mean. Yet, a, yet again, another guy, uh, along with uh, Mikey Ambrose. But um, yeah, you know, he was doing pretty well uh, at Cholos even. So it, you know, kind of really makes you wonder what happened in pretty much six months' time that now he's uh, going and moving on to another MLS club that quickly. Tanner. I mean, if they see that there's a profit to be made, if they're making more off the transfer deals than what they paid, then that's probably for a team like them, happy days. Take that money, especially in today's market, you know, take that money and, and run with it. As far as, you know, Inter, Inter Miami, yeah, it's kind of what Mark said. It's a great, he's a great player. He's a player that you can win the league with, clearly, at center back. So, you know, he brings in an experience. He brings in a winning mentality. He's a blue guy. And, yeah, it's frustrating because, you know, I would have preferred to him stay in Atlanta. I mean, as well as adding Meza, to be perfectly honest with you, because I think having depth at that center back position is really important. And, you know, unfortunately, things happened and, you know, that wasn't able to happen. And now he'll be playing against you, which will be frustrating because he's a shithouser. And so Miami are getting a guy that does that really, really well. But also, he's the type of guy that, you know, when Atlanta added do play, the team will be very familiar with how he plays and what to get out of him. You know that he's going to foul guys a lot of the time and he's going to pick up bookings. And when you have guys like PT and Joseph and Barco running at you, I imagine they'll probably be able to draw him into fouls as well. So 
you know, it's good for them. Um, but at the same time, I think Atlanta is in a good place with Meza, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But obviously, you know, great loss of LGP. Yeah. Uh, yet another transfer rumor. I mean, kind of very loose on this one. Rumor. Uh, rumor uh, with Jurgen Dam, who's been very uh, just over this past kind of, I, I would say like eight months has been linked with LA United, whether rightly or wrongly. Uh, but, uh, you know, he officially departed uh, Tigres last week uh, and reports out of Mexico linked him with us again. Uh, but, you know, our head coach said in March, nobody from the team has told me about that player. MLS, these players like him to raise the level, but we're not in contact with him. Uh, and, you know, just to give a little bit of a profile uh, for Dam is that uh, he was uh, at least reported to be the second fastest player in the world at one point. Uh, and he has, uh, the winger has 18 goals in 268 career appearances. So not exactly kind of lighting any league on fire that uh, he's been in, but uh, you know, what do you what do you guys think of the plausibility of a player like Dam, not only on Atlanta United but uh, you know coming into the league? I I don't know. I just don't get this rumor. It's been out there for a while, but I don't. I just you know like I'm looking at the numbers. I I I'll admit I haven't actually watched them play, but just looking at the numbers, I'm just like. You know, like, it seems like I'm perfectly fine going forward with Emmanuel Castro and uh, uh, Moraney and so on. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't see what this guy is adding to that we don't already have. Like, you know, it's not even necessarily a position, I think, where we're out of depth. You know, so I, I don't know. I don't get it. Dinner. I'm the same place. I mean, with the wages, I imagine you'd want for a player like that. Tigres let him walk. That, I think, says a little bit of something as well because... You know, we want to be on. If we want to be on Tigres level, we shouldn't be picking up guys or letting go for free. Um, but um, you know, I, I think other positions, like Mark said, there's other positions that need strengthening ahead of that one. So that's it. Yeah. Me. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, somewhere in the fullback range that yeah, we need to maybe fill a little bit more as well. Uh, I think for me, yeah, damn, just lacks too much of an end product. Where, yeah, he might be pacey and he might be a, a good reclamation project in MLS, but at what wage? Uh, you know, yeah, he might be on a free, but still, it's like, yeah, I mean, MLS with this salary structure, you can't just be taking on projects, um, you know, expensive projects at that. So um, it's, a, it's a weird one, and I really highly doubt that it's going to happen. So, And he also, I think, spoke to some media recently saying that uh, the teams that you see me link with, um, you know, it will not happen. There will be a surprise. So... You know, I think that, that says a lot, too. So, uh, anyway, so uh, moving on from that, uh, even more ridiculous, uh, we're somewhat in a silly season of sorts, but uh, on a uh, Zoom call, Darren Eels cheekily had on his whiteboard uh, the likes of uh, some nobodies like Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi, uh, Antoine Griezmann, and uh, Gareth Bale. And also his uh, digital team director in Matt Moore. But uh, yeah, these these names, I mean, obviously some of the best players in the game or maybe some of the best former players in the game uh, even, or best, former best players rather, that, that's better. Uh, but uh, who's for you guys the most, I think, uh, one, the most plausible to come to MLS and then two, who would uh, come to Atlanta United? 
So uh, we'll go to we'll go to Mark first. Uh, well, I think I have the same answer for both of those questions. It's like Antoine Griezmann. Like Antoine Griezmann, uh, you see those rumors where he like he likes MLS posts or he talks about playing in MLS. I don't know how much of that to buy in. I certainly don't think it's gonna happen. It re- uh, realistically, I don't think that's gonna happen in the next couple of seasons. But uh, I don't know. He's having a tough time in Barcelona, you know. And uh, in terms of like settling in Atlanta, uh, I guess the Griezmann I think would uh, fit in fine here, you know. I think he might just up like the culture here. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go like, not so much. I think I agree with I agree with Mark about Antoine Griezmann being the, the player to come here. I, I he's talked about it, and honestly, it might not be too long because it depends on him. Because he loves he loves like the United States. He loves basketball. He loves all that. And for him, maybe you know he, if he's accomplished what he wants to accomplish and has done what he wants to do. He's going to go to enter Miami if he goes anywhere because he wears long sleeves because of David Beckham. He wears seven because of David Beckham. Like, he modeled his game a lot, and he wanted to be like David Beckham was his favorite player growing up. So, like, he's going to go want to play for David Beckham in Miami of all places, of course. I think Ronaldo seems like a very L.A.-type guy to me. I could see him talk talking up at one of those clubs, um, possibly. Honestly, I don't know if Atlanta would ever get those type of guys. I mean, like... The dream would obviously be messy, but like, you know, we're probably one of the few teams that could afford his wages, but you're not going to get a messy with a Frank DeBoer as a manager. Sorry. <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I agree uh, uh, with that first bit. I mean, it's obviously uh, Griezmann, but uh, yeah, Bale, I think with the connection with uh, Darren Eels, that, you know, the whole Spurs connection, that might be the most plausible for LA United if we were ever to go for a DP. Uh, and of these guys because yeah we're not maybe as I mean in MLS we're, we're definitely a heavyweight yeah, that's obvious but in terms of uh, kind of a worldview I don't think we are maybe as well known around the world as LA you know Miami even uh, because of just I think more so of the the weather and whatnot so uh, but for me yeah I would never want to see Bale on Atlanta United <laughs> Yeah. Plausible. Like all the time. Yeah. Plausible doesn't mean that uh, I want him. But anyway, so <laughs> moving on from that, uh, yeah, President Darren Eels also talked about some uh, other things in those Zoom conferences. He talked about the possibilities of watch parties at the Home Depot backyard uh, for kind of drive-in watch parties. That would be kind of pretty awesome. Uh, we'll kind of roll through these a little bit. But um yeah, I think maybe in lieu of actually having people at the game inside the stadium, uh, having people kind of uh, go through like a drive-in, sitting in their own cars, watching on a big screen in the backyard, uh, might not be too bad. And I guess, you know, pay a little bit to, to do that. And uh, that wouldn't be too bad. But uh, also he t- spoke about the club's stance on racial injustice, uh, saying that LA United has created an anti-racism and social justice working group within the club that includes employees and players. Uh, he said, quote, we have a higher duty here with LA United to not just acknowledge that injustice, but to do something about it. Uh, I think that's uh, something that's obviously very needed in this time. Um, but uh, for him to be vocal about a little bit of that is good. Uh, and hopefully, yeah, they actually put their money where their mouth is and really, I think, uh, yeah, do what uh, we, every, everyone on this podcast at least, uh, wants them to do. And yeah, be even more vocal. Kind of really, uh, you know, really say those words on those social media posts. The racism, the Black Lives Matter, like that type of stuff. 
we want to see from the team. But um, yeah, so moving on from that, a little bit more lighthearted uh, than everything before. Joseph Martinez uh, has uh, kind of been uh, on, on a boat lately. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just uh, for the, the past weekend, it seems like he's out somewhere on a little speedboat kind of uh, enjoying uh, kind of mostly pretty solitary unless somebody took somebody took that photo of him on the boat. So obviously there's somebody with him, but um, hopefully it's somebody that he's living with. Uh, do you guys think it's Lake Lanier? Like, do you guys think it's maybe somewhere in Florida? He like, looks uh, tropics. He looks somewhere tropical. Yeah. He does not look very Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Right. Lake Lanier's waters maybe a little too brown and muddy. Yeah, for not all that. that shade of blue. Okay. Yeah. And also maybe just a little too cursed, so maybe happily yeah. he's not on Lake Lanier. Yeah, I'd probably better uh, that as well. I'm fine with that. Yeah, but uh, so if he is in Florida, I mean, yeah, like on Father's Day, he uh, yeah put out a little post with him in a suit and a top hat. So I think he was at least in town on on that day, and then uh, yeah, in a couple days since, maybe he's in Florida. But either way, uh, I mean, he seems to be yeah kind of taking advantage of uh, you know just maybe taking a mental break from all this, which I think uh, if he's doing it safely, is real good. But uh, anyway, so moving on from that, uh, over 70 back black MLS players have formed a new organization, the Black Players Coalition to fight racism across the US and Canada. Uh, that's fantastic to see. Uh, yeah, pretty much they're unifying and you know in solidarity to make sure that uh, the social injustices that they are facing uh, not only in the league, but in the real world, uh, they can make some some changes and some impacts uh, against all of that. Uh, you've also seen the likes of, uh, uh, holy crap, can't remember his name all of a sudden, but Voice Now, uh, he started that, uh, the old Columbus crew goalkeeper. Help me out, guys. Steph, Stephen. Oh, Zach oh, Stephen. Okay. Zach Stephen, there we go. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, uh, both of those organizations now uh, are fighting social injustice and uh, yeah, really uh, kind of sticking up for themselves in the Black Lives Matter movement. So uh, absolutely great to see. And uh, yeah, MLS was uh, backing that as well. So yeah, we absolutely need more of this. Uh, but anyway, so moving on from all of that uh, into world football. Uh, so Real Madrid find themselves behind Barca again after Kike Setian's uh, side. They snuck past Athletic Bilbao. Uh, and uh, yeah, that makes it an even tighter. Uh, it was back and forth, essentially, in, uh, in La Liga. I mean, uh, yeah, last week we were talking about, yeah, Barca was five points up. And then, you know, they had a two-point lead. And then they were uh, down in the league. Now it's, yeah, it, it truly looks like it's a dogfight in La Liga, it seems. You guys have any thoughts on that real quick? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting in La Liga because I think if you're a fan of the Premier League, you're used to goal difference being the second tiebreaker. So Barcelona, actually, a lot of the players are being really negative about their chances of winning the title because they don't think Madrid are going to drop points the rest of the season. And Madrid, if they win, will be level with them on points, but they have the tiebreaker in terms of the head-to-head. -head. So they know that if they keep winning, both keep winning towards the end of the season, which is quite likely, that Real Madrid are going to eventually be champions because they have the head-to-head -head over Barcelona. So... It's, it's tight. It's going to be, you know, which one drops points in this really weird time. Um, and to be perfectly honest with you, with the way that they've been playing, my gut feeling says Barcelona will be the first team to drop points and blink. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't have the means to watch La League. I don't have BN, but from all the analysis that I watch, and like my my buddy, my really good friend, who's a Barcelona fan, they just don't look good, you know. And it's still very dependent on Messi going through Messi. We just talked about Griezmann, you know, he struggles to make an impact, and he doesn't even really play to his natural position. It's just like a lot of weird stuff going on. In Barcelona players who maybe shouldn't be playing are playing. Uh, so, you know, uh, yeah, it does seem like Madrid have a bit of a bounce of a comeback from the break stronger. Eden Hazard, my boy, <laughs> he, uh, he has been looking good since the break. So, you know, I hope he, I hope he really uh, does the business in Madrid. And I would like to see him win this eye with Madrid for sure. Yeah, and moving on to the Prem, uh, Liverpool, uh, yeah, in terms of Jurgen Klopp, he has been talking about how good Manchester City has looked uh, coming out of the break. Um, yeah, I mean, he said, quote, the only thing I realized from watching the game last night was how is it possible that anybody is 20 points ahead of this team? That's pretty much unthinkable, actually. Uh, so we must have done, obviously, a couple of things really well and right that we can have this situation here. But no, I don't think about City catching us or whatever. So, uh, yeah, very interesting words from Klopp. Uh, yeah, I mean, Liverpool pretty much have the league wrapped up, but uh, yeah, they've been, you know, maybe not playing at their absolute best uh, as of yet. But um, uh, I can tell you that that has changed. They're currently a four and a up on Crystal Palace in the 80th minute, and they have been incredible. Uh, they have been incredible. They've been incredible. Yeah, they have been, <laughs> they've scored some really good goals in this game. Oh yeah, so the, the first free kick by The Trent, free kick was geez. good. Uh, Fabinho scored like a 25 yard screamer from outside the box. Um, Mane scored, and I believe um, Salah scored as well. So they seem to be firing on all cylinders, which means that if City drop points, I think, do you drop points or lose? I'm not sure which one to Chelsea on Thursday, then Liverpool will be league champions before they have to play Manchester City next Thursday. Um, so, yeah, it could be as soon as tomorrow that Liverpool fans' wait is up and over, and it will be a yep. sad day. <laughs> yeah, any day now. But uh, yeah, speaking of City, Sergio Aguero, uh, he. Had surgery on his left knee uh, in Barcelona, and uh, some reports of it being him probably being out five to six weeks, possibly being ready for uh, if uh, next season happens and whatnot. But uh, yeah, he was forced off at halftime uh, in their 5-0 win over Burnley uh, on Monday, and uh, that was a challenge by defender Ben Mee. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, even then, I mean, it's like... Uh, you know, Liverpool are pretty much getting a lot of luck still this season. I mean, you know, Aguero going down um, that early. That that would have maybe prolonged at least the wait for Tanner for a while. But, <laughs> but, uh, I was but anyway. always going to be left disappointed. It is what yeah. it is. <laughs> but uh, speaking of Ben Mee and Burnley, uh, they said they are ashamed and embarrassed by a banner reading White Lives Matter Burnley that was towed by an airplane over Etihad. Uh, on Monday's match and uh, yeah the Clarets skipper Ben Mee said that fans like that don't deserve to be around football uh, he said we're ashamed we're embarrassed it's a minority of our supporters I know I speak for a massive part of our support who distance ourselves from anything like that it definitely had a massive impact on us to see that in the sky we are embarrassed that our name was in it they are try. Uh, they tried to attach it. That they tried to attach it to our club. It doesn't belong anywhere near our club. I mean, uh, I think for me, I think there's a lot of people that still haven't understood that Black Lives Matter isn't an attack 
on white people or other races that it's a cry for help that I mean people just need to really understand that you know they're seeking equality I mean it's just uh, insane that we even have to still say that but I think there are people maybe willfully being ignorant to it but uh, what do you guys think Mark I just <laughs> I think the guy who paid to have this flown over an empty stadium is a moron like the whole more point than a moron even, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly for multiple reasons but like the whole point of doing that gesture or whatever is that a crowd season riles up the crowd or whatever there's no fucking crowd it's just the players and the refs so like yeah screw that guy um, and like that happened in the first half and I think by halftime, Burnley had a statement out condemning it and so on. I thought, I thought the club and the players handled it really well. Um, I, I just want to take a moment to say, too, I really appreciate what I've seen from the Premier League in terms of the respect, you know, the kneeling, some players raising fists. And it seems in general, the league is backing the players to say how they feel and, you know, uh, to, to speak up about races. I mean... Players like Raheem Sterling have been doing this for years now in terms of how they're treated by the media and so on. And I think that's just another example of the Black Lives Matter isn't about one specific issue in one specific country. Like, this is just about how black people are treated across the globe and a lot of different situations. And so um, I think, you know, I don't really see it as Premier League players just parroting something that's happening in another country. I think that this is the movement taking hold and it's a moment for players to say, look, like, this is what we deal with, and we're human beings. So, I love it. I, I love it. And, like, yeah, again, White Lives Matter thing doesn't really deserve, you know, much more attention. I think the movement has been wonderful. So, that's uh, that's where I'm at. Yeah. And K-pop stands have uh, definitely done their part in quelling all of that, at least reportedly, anyway. But uh, at least, yeah, if you click on the hashtag, it's a lot of K-pop stuff. So, uh, you know, much power to the K-pop stands. But, uh, Tanner, do you have any thoughts on this? No, I don't need to say anything that Mark hasn't already said. I think he hit the nail on the head yeah. on that. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, that does it for the entire news segment. And uh, this moves us on to a little bit of housekeeping in that, uh, yes, we have a Twitch channel. And, uh, yeah, we've been playing Atlanta United in the EFL Championship. And Tanner has been, uh, yeah, willfully bringing that along. And uh, it's been awesome. He's been doing really, really well in the league. Uh, really, no, oh, not too many hiccups so far. Beat Everton 7-1. I can't afford any hiccups in the league right now because freaking West Brom won't drop points and have only conceded two goals in 16 games. West if Brom. I drop po- I'm not even in first. I'm in second. And this yeah. is outrageous. This is annoying. Two goals. Good Lord. Yeah. So it's uh, it's very, very competitive in the championship, but uh, hopefully we can gain promotion Find out on twitch.tv slash ATLUTDFanTV. But anyway, uh, moving on from that, we are doing a little bit different of a soccer trivia showdown this week. We're calling it In the Club. And uh, essentially, it's a themed version of uh, MLS players and Atlanta United players alike. Uh, and they, uh, yeah, they're based on the clubs that they've played for. So Tanner, take it away. It's In the Club. So basically, this is how this is going to work. I am going to name a player, and I will say how many clubs they have played for. I will not name those clubs. And then what will happen is the two players, Mark and AJ, will be bidding against each other to see who can name more clubs. 
Now you can either bid a higher number if you think you can bid more, or you can tell the other person to name the clubs if they've already said, say four, for instance, and you don't think you can name five, you can tell them to name four. Um, every player that I will say will have played in MLS at some point in time. Um, so that's the, the key linking here. Um, Atlanta has a very short history, so I'm not going to have a lot of those. And also a lot of them don't have that long of a list in terms of the number of clubs they played for. But there are some familiar names that people should be aware of here. Um, since AJ is the reigning champ of trivia, he will have the option of going first here. And the first player that we will have for our trivia is Michael Bradley, and he has played for seven clubs. AJ, how many do you think you can name Uh, I think I can name, I can name three. Three? Mark, do you bid four, or do you want AJ to name those three? I want AJ to name those three. AJ, name me three clubs that Michael Bradley has played for. Well, Toronto FC, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, damn. I think, I think you called my bluff here. <laughs> Roma. Two. Having, Having trouble with that third one. one. Damn it. Damn it. I'm trying to remember where he came up. Uh, In MLS before he moved? Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's like, oh, it's like cloudy. It's real cloudy. All right. You got 10 seconds. Okay. Um, I'm about to venture a guess here. Um, fire. It's not. It's not the fire. It is not the Chicago fire. That is one point to Mark Nichols. Michael Bradley's other clubs that he had played for was, in order, the New York Red Bulls, slash Metro Stars, then Heronveen in the Netherlands, then Borussia Mönchengladbach, Aston Villa, Kievo Verona, then Roma, then Toronto. So you had Toronto and Roma, but you had some other ones you could have gone with there as well. So, Mark, I'm expecting a good number from you on this next one, but okay. it will still be a challenge nonetheless. DDA Drogba has played for eight clubs. Oh, come on. <laughs> How many can you name? Eight. Okay. Three. Or you, one club only counts once, right? Like, if you need Correct. to do multiple stints. Just, okay. just not multiple stints. Just the number of clubs he has played, played for. And if you get one wrong, AJ gets a point. I can name four. AJ? Second, second. second. Oh, uh... I think AJ definitely knows. AJ probably can name four. You should be able to name four here. Yeah, but name them. Go ahead. All right. Name them. Okay. Um, Montreal Impact, Chelsea, of course, uh, Galatasaray, and Marseille. Correct. Correct. And correct. You could have also you gone for <laughs> Phoenix Rising. Yeah. All right. You could have said Shanghai Shinawa, and then the two that would have been very difficult were the clubs he first made his professional appearances with, which is Le Mans 72 and Guingamp, which is where right. he was before he moved to Marseille. Right. Wait, All right. On. Hold on. This seems a little predetermined that he was going to get DDA Drogba, though. If uh, I was going first, always. and <laughs> No, I literally just picked out like a random one. I have a whole list here, and I just moved my iPhone, and that's the one that it stopped on. So, I mean. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, all right. Do you want? We're well, doing it again. No. So 
Yeah, no, just go Do you want to know who else is on this list? Terry Henry is on this list. So you could get Terry Henry. So if you get him, okay. then I expect to see something. All right? <laughs> All right. Here we go. So, AJ, it's over to you. Right. So, it's our first Atlanta United player. Chris McCann. He's played for six teams. How many can you name? Two. Two. Mark, can you name three, or do you want AJ to name two? I want him to name two. Oh, he's definitely got this. Oh, he messed yeah. up on that one. <laughs> Played him. Yep. Uh, Atlanta United, obviously. Yep. DC United. Of course. You also could have gone with Burnley, Wigan, Coventry, mm -hmm. or Oldham, who is who he joined after he left the DC United. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's 2-1 still to Mark. Mark, 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 Mark. Hmm. All right, this will be a good one. Zlatan Ibrahimovic has Ooh. played for nine clubs. Okay. How many can you name? I figure both of you know a fair few on this one. So this is going to be a... I think you guys can bid each other back and forth on this one, to be honest. I can name six. Six? Ooh. Ooh. That's a big number, AJ. Can you name seven or more, or do you want Mark to name six? I'm counting right now. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, no, go ahead, man. All right. All right. LA Galaxy. Yes. Manchester United. Yes. AC Milan. Yes. Inter Milan. Yes. Barcelona. Yes. Ajax. Yes. Woo! You got it. You could have also said PSG and Malmo. <laughs> oh, I forgot about PSG. Oh. And Juventus. And Juventus. I thought about Juventus last second, but I wasn't sure about that. But, yeah. yo, Asia, you could have taken me on that, dog. I could have, but I wasn't sure if you actually knew all of them, if you just put up a big number, yeah. you know, just, just to start, start off. So, that's so. uh, <laughs> fine. Well, that'll, that's three for Mark. So Mark's got, I feel like Mark got lucky on this one a little bit with, uh, first off, I didn't, I thought AJ can name some more clubs from, from, from Didier Drogba, but I also was suppressed in the last one. Called six, called six and he named six. So he, he called his shot and he named it. So I, I have to give Mark credit for that when he does that. There's some other really good names on here that I think that will be interesting in the future in terms of when you get them and you realize a, that you thought they played for more clubs than they did, and B, you'll be surprised at some of the clubs they've played for because I've looked through some of these things, and it's uh, there's some very interesting spots that I did not know players stopped at on their careers. So there'll be some good ones coming up, that's for sure. All right, all right. So it's going to five, right? Yeah, I thought it was best of five. Or are we going to well, five? Best you want to go to five? You want to go to five? I thought we were going, going to, to five. five. Yes. All right, let's go to yeah. five. Let's go to five. <laughs> no, go to five. I, I, yeah, okay. Gotcha. All right. Either, yeah, we were saying best of five before the yeah pre-podcast saying best of five in terms of games. Yeah, all uh, right. Let's like, do so... five. Two five? Yeah, let's do it. I thought it was a bit short okay. anyway, to be honest, and Mark got a bit lucky right. there. All right. AJ. Carlos Villa has played for eight clubs. How many of them can you name? Three. Three. Mark, can you name four? No. No, I can't 
can't. No? Can't AJ, name me three. Okay, LAFC, Arsenal. Arsenal. Uh-huh. Real Sociedad. Yep, boom, boom, boom. Also could have said Chivas Guadalajara, Celta Vigo, Salamanca, Asasuna, and West Brom. But nailed Ooh. that, so 3-2. All right, Mark. David Villa has played for eight clubs. How many can you name? Um, I can Can't name three. Three. AJ, he's played for eight clubs. Can you name four, or do you want Mark to name three? Go ahead, Mark. All right. Um, NYCFC. Yep. Barcelona. Yep. <sighs> Valencia. Boom, bingo. Nice. Also Good could job. have said Sporting, Hyon, Real Zaragoza, Atletico Madrid, Melbourne City, and Vissel Kobe in Japan, which is where he retired at. I did not know he played for Atletico. Okay. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Boom, four. Okay. Uh, four, okay. Yep. Let's beat it. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Landon Donovan has played for six clubs, AJ. How many can you name? Sure. Oh, shit. Three? Can name three. Mark, can you name four? Yes. Can name four. Mark's calling four. All right. Mark. AJ, can you bid five? Or no? Is Mark naming four? Mm. I'm, I almost pretty much have to go for it, or uh, he. Uh... <laughs> this is where the drama is. Or do you think is, he right? can name four? Yeah. If he wins, if he wins, he walks uh... off when he called a shot. Can you name five? Yeah. Go ahead, Mark. Go ahead. Mark, right. name four. San Jose, mm -hmm. LA Galaxy, mm -hmm. Everton, mm -hmm. Bayern. Boom, 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 boom. Also could have said Bayer Leverkusen and Lyon. But Ooh. yes, Mark nailed oh, four. Yeah, his first actual hey. professional start was with Bayer Leverkusen. Then he moved to San Jose, the old San Jose, before they moved to Houston. Oh, right, and right, then right. he joined LA Galaxy and had his loan moves to Bayern and then Everton and then obviously the weird little song song at Leon that he had where his favorite country was Mexico all of a sudden. Right. <laughs> Very so, strange. Mark wins 5-2 in round one. Well done. Well done, Mark. Yeah. Mark had uh, a shot in a couple of those, so I got to give him props on that because yeah. he definitely went for a high number and he, and he, he nailed those suckers, so I got to give it to him on that. No, indeed, yeah, he uh, he had a very, very strong showing in this uh, first game. And so, uh, yeah, it will be best of five for these. Uh, so it will be very interesting indeed. I, uh, of course, did come back against Tanner, so... Exactly, Agent is nothing of what it means to be down. He'll be fine, he'll come back. Early lead is nothing, yeah. So, anyway, that does it for In the Club, a soccer trivia showdown uh, edition of that. But, uh, anyway, that does it for that and so moves us on to the question of the day and the question of the day is what do you guys think of the MLS's back schedule and uh, is there a match that you are particularly looking forward to let us know in the comments below and that's it for us today remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already share this episode and leave us a review and ratings so we can pop up higher in your rankings 
for Tanner and Mark. I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening.